Here's a message from Ken Lavica. It's International Women's Day. Hello out there to all the women and ladies and young girls of the world that are making things rock. Uh, it's Theo Dorsey in for Ken. We got Dean Thomas out of Vegas, and we got Stone Labanowitz in studio with me. Hey, Stone, hit the open. On your mark. Get set. Go! You are listening to Ken LaVica Live. Presented by FAU MBA and Sport Management Programs. Turn it up! Turn it up! From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, it's Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 1063. It is bag season out here in the NFL. It's back season. I mean, some guys are fumbling the bag. Others uh, just picked up a maybe the heftiest bag of all time in the NFL. We'll find that out very soon as news is trickling in on this Aaron Rodgers deal. He's staying with the Green Bay Packers. Uh, first guy to report it was his buddy, Pat McAfee, who he's, he's going to be on that show later on today. But, yeah, lots of interesting news. It's, of course, International Women's Day. We're going to be paying a tribute to all of the women who have impacted us throughout the day. We're going to be listening to some jams in and out of breaks, and we're just celebrating. Of course, this is Theo Dorsey, Big Teddy. It's a Theo takeover on a Tuesday here at Ken Levick Alive. Uh, we got Dean Thomas out in Vegas. Hey, Dean, uh, you're in Vegas. There's a lot of gambling uh, rumbling going on in the sports world because of what happened with Calvin Ridley uh, I'm just wondering, are you out there in Vegas to gamble or something? Like, or what you, why, why are you in Vegas? Why are you not next to me in Stone here? Man, let me tell you something. I do not gamble. I work too hard for my money, <laughs> and I have a rule. I would never want to lose money faster than I made it. <laughs> okay. So I don't gamble. I'm out here for the UFC this weekend. I'm with Jillian Roberts, Fort Pierce Westwood graduate. Yep. She lives in Port St. Lucie. She local, so everybody need to stand up and get behind her this Saturday as she fights in the UFC out here in Vegas. Who's she taking on this Saturday? She's fighting J.J. Aldrich, a girl from a really strong fighter from uh, Colorado. Okay, okay. Well, I hope you're getting Jillian, a.k.a. Savage, ready. Uh, we'll be, of course, celebra- or not celebrating. We'll, be, we'll celebrate after the fight. We'll be supporting her up until and through the fight. Uh, we also got Stone Labanowitz here, who also, uh, you don't gamble, you don't gamble, right? No, I, you know <laughs> You don't, no, you don't. No not, comment. No comment, no comment from Stone <laughs> Labanowitz. We, listen, we, we heard the story of Stone's gambling escapades. <laughs> we know Stone gambles. We, look, uh, he says no comment, like what Calvin Ridley probably should have done um, in the NFL. If you haven't heard the big news of, uh, yesterday, we'll get to the Calvin Ridley stuff, but Aaron Rodgers, as he loves to do so much, just stole the show. About 20 minutes ago, we found out through Pat McAfee, I'm going to read his tweet first off, that Aaron Rodgers is staying in Green Bay with the Green Bay Packers after all of the hoopla, after all of the moodiness, after all of the weird, eccentric interviews with Pat McAfee and and him being moody and, and wearing that weird brown suit to the MVP ceremony and all of that. He's back with the pack. Here is Pat McAfee's tweet from literally just 21 minutes ago. We had our whole show planned out, and Aaron Rodgers steals the show. McAfee says, according to my sources, dot, 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 which we can only assume is Aaron Rodgers himself, Aaron Rodgers will be returning to the Green Bay Packers. There is no deal in place currently, but there is said to be a cap-friendly deal on the way. Retirement was a real consideration, and in the end, shouting emoji, he is back with the pack. 
Dean, I know you're an avid football guy. I mean, how excited are you for Aaron <laughs> Rodgers returning to Lambeau Field? Listen, I can care less about where Aaron Rodgers <laughs> plays football. But I will say this. There is no one on the planet who reminds me of Josh Cohen more than Aaron <laughs> Rodgers in terms of pettiness and wanting to be acknowledged and accepted. He goes through all this nonsense just to stick with the team because he was—he probably never had any – he probably never wanted to leave in the first place. He just wanted them to want him more uh-huh. and, yeah, and just wanted them to – beg and plead and cause this drama just so he can have some attention and just play football like he wanted to. That's all it was. And that's a Josh Cohen move right there. That does sound like Josh Cohen. Uh, Stone, you think so? Yeah, I do. Dean, do you think there are any other similarities between Aaron Rodgers and Josh Cohen? You're just off the top of your head. Um... Can't keep a woman. (laughs) (laughs) Number Um, one. First and foremost. Yeah. That's that's, that's that, about that, it. That's that good sums enough. it up. That's, that's good, good enough. That's yeah, good. Sums it up. Those guys, uh, uh, blood brothers. Hopefully, um, you know, he's not. Uh, Josh isn't taking his medical advice from Joe Rogan as well. But who knows? Who knows? Uh, Aaron Rodgers again returning to play for the Packers. It was reported um, first by Pat McAfee. Ian Rappaport also tweets out that Aaron Rodgers is getting a record-setting deal. Dean, you say you don't like to lose all your money quicker than you make it. Um, do you want to take a stab at? Aaron Rodgers, the deal that's being reported, it's, it's, it's uh, it would be the richest in NFL history. You want to take a stab at how many millions per year Rodgers is reported to be getting? He's getting um, forty mil. Okay, a little, a little steeper, a little steeper. Really steeper than that? Forty-five. A little steeper. Come on, now, Dean. Fifty mil. He making fifty mil. Fifty mil. Fifty million dollars, which. Ian Rappaport tweeted that out, and apparently $153 million is supposed to be guaranteed out of a $200 million four-year deal. Pat McAfee refuted that report in his tweet, which I don't know who we're supposed to believe. Again, this is all playing out as we uh, continue to hijack Ken Levick alive here um, on ESPN 106.3. But yeah, four years, $200 million, a four-time MVP Aaron Rodgers going back to the pack. And we weren't, you know, again, we didn't want to talk about Aaron Rodgers today. Stone, I know you don't, you, you're a big Aaron Rodgers guy, but you didn't want to talk about Rodgers today. Yeah, I didn't. And, and we literally found out half an hour ago. Yeah. You mentioned earlier we had the whole show mapped out. You know, we did all our research and we were excited for what we had on the docket. And then here he comes. He knows what he's doing right before the noon hour. Right before the yeah, noon hour. Man, tell me about it. Listen, I'm in the UFC Performance Institute. It's quiet. Everybody in there trying to focus and get prepared for their workout session. And here comes me in the room with my ESPN alerts on while it's all quiet. (laughs) And then I look at it as Aaron Rodgers breaking news. I'm like, again, here goes Aaron Rodgers trying to steal the show and attention away from everybody else. Just because he's an attention freak. You know who's happy about Aaron Rodgers uh, making that move right now? Calvin Ridley. Uh, Calvin oh, yeah, for sure. of the Atlanta Falcons. We want to get into that because that's topic A of the day, of course, on this International Women's Day, where we're also going to be letting you guys call into the show here, 888-760-3776, 888-760-ESPN. If you want to give a shout-out to somebody who's impacted you, a, a woman that has maybe touched you in the right way, your mom. Your, whoa, your, whoa. Oh, 
Well, come on. Hey, Dean, what's choose the- your words wisely. Touched you, Leo Dorsey. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you know what I'm saying, Lee? They let you host the show today, and you gonna ruin it in the first segment. Hey, Dean, we're seven minutes in. Dean, I wasn't gonna, seven minutes in. <laughs> Dean, I wasn't gonna stop him like you did, but I just knew you were gonna. Of course. Yeah. Of course. Like a woman who listen, be <laughs> respectful. It's International Women's Day. I'm sorry. You're right. International Women's a woman who has impacted you in the right way. I know for me, uh, there's there's been many. My mother, of course, that's for everybody. Everybody's mom is superwoman, Wonder Woman, however you phrase it. I don't even I'm not big on the superheroes. Is that it's not superwoman, right? It's Wonder Woman. I mean it's it's whatever you want. It's both though. Yeah, well my just, mom is both. Right. Your mom's definitely both, so is mine. I just you know, I've never heard Supermom. I mean I've heard Supermom, but I've never heard it used in context like yeah, that. Yeah, it's okay. It's okay. You know, you gotta get around more. Uh so we'll get <laughs> back to the the main topic at hand. Calvin Ridley, okay, so everybody is kind of going into shambles about the Calvin Ridley Falcons news. And if you don't know who Calvin Ridley is, he's really was one of the top ten receivers coming into the NFL this year. He left about five weeks into the season. Um, and it was said to be he was dealing with mental health issues. Well, reportedly, and actually it looks like it's kind of factually confirmed here, Calvin Ridley got caught betting on NFL games in a stretch of November where he was away from the team, but he's still an NFL player on the active roster for the Atlanta Falcons, and it's a faux pas. It's a big no-no. He's suspended for one year at least. He's the fifth NFL player to ever be suspended for gambling in the history of the league. And the the biggest part of this that I think is the most damning, the most spiraling, because obviously it, it's a bad look for an NFL player, especially at a time like this where sports leagues like the NFL are trying to get more and more in bed with the gambling uh, companies, with the fan duels. You'll see all the commercials. You see the push for legalizing sports betting everywhere, except for Florida. Everywhere is getting it, <laughs> uh, which is a little aggravating, but we'll get to that hopefully. Um, but – when it comes to these leagues doing this, it's about the integrity of the league. You heard Evan Cohen, who you hear every time, 11.55 and 5.55 here on ESPN 106.3, giving his five-minute uh, breakout sessions with you, giving you the latest news of the day. The main thing for the NFL is they have to protect their own tails here. Right, Stone? Like, guys who are in the gambling community, if if you are – it's it's almost like insider trading for a guy that's a receiver for a team, the number one option on a team, even if he's away from the team, to be able to gamble and bet – on Falcons games and potentially win money. I don't know if he did. That hasn't been reported yet, but does that? it's a little icky, right, Snow? I mean, it's super icky, and there are so many questions to be asked because, right, DraftKings is one of the biggest sponsors, you know, not in the NFL, but around the league. They're promoting everything. A lot of these players nowadays are promo codes, so they're using yeah. players as promo codes and enforcing and, and giving people deals to bet on all these websites. But there's so many questions. Like, if you just wanted to easily bring up Stephen Ross trying to pay coaches to lose games and gets no punishment, and this guy, which was reported an eight-leg parlay. Yeah. And he also went out and tweeted that in total it was $1,500. He did. He had a spiraling uh, amount of tweets that came out. Dean, you said you never gambled. Uh, but when you were fighting in the UFC, and I know we talked about mm-hmm. the big the big knockout that you had um, – or I guess you were on the other end of that knockout that made the highlight reel. <laughs> Come on, man. You ain't have to bring that up. Look, y'all want to keep bringing up me getting knocked out I'm by that saying, kicker. So, I don't come on this show often, and you want the fans to remember me as the dude who got knocked out. I'm not saying that. Well, I want them to know you as Dean Thomas, the media mogul for the UFC, the guy who's training up Jillian for her fight this Saturday, and also the guy that got knocked out. But, <laughs> but, but as I address you about this, I mean – for you, you say you never gambled on it. Is there any thought in your head, though, for any of those fighters out there in the UFC or even in boxing, like if they put money on themselves in one of these fights and one of these matches, 
Is it? I mean, is that frowned upon for a guy like you that stepped in that ring, stepped in the octagon? Dean, he someone did it last month. Who was it? Put their entire um, purse on it. Uh, but it's legal in fighting, right? Yeah, it, it is. It is legal in fighting. In fact, there was a guy. I'm trying to remember his name, and he fought a local guy, Charles Rosa, mm. who lives in Delray. He put his purse up, and you're right, Stone. He put his purse up, fought Charles Rosa, and lost. Oh. Yeah, I'm trying to remember his name. I can't remember his name. But, yeah, he put his entire purse up, and he lost. It was just— But in fighting, it's different because it's almost like they look at you as like, are you crazy if you put your purse up and you bet on yourself? But it's also like, yeah, you you better win. It was Justin James. Can you bet against yourself? Yeah, Justin James. Justin James. Can you bet against yourself in fighting? Can you bet against yourself? Yeah. No. No, you can't. You, you can't should bet not be able yourself. to do that because you, you can bet. You can bet on yourself. But this whole thing with Calvin Ridley is a preventative measure. We know this. They don't want to open up the Pandora's box where players are now betting and then getting inside information from other teams or whatever, so on and so forth. That's all this is. It's preventative. Yeah. Because the NFL cannot look like the integrity of the game, uh, the integrity of the outcomes is up in jeopardy. Even though, again, Stone made a good point about um, with, with the Dolphins, with Stephen Ross, it's alleged. It's not proven. Uh, right here, the NFL was able to prove it because they – I mean, Calvin really – such a bonehead move, right? Like, I, I get it. You maybe don't have much to do. You're away from football. Uh, but for you to bet and you for you to type into that app, Calvin Ridley, and then bet on games, and one of the games is a Falcons game, and you thought you wouldn't get caught. It's kind of weird, but after seeing these tweets, and I'm going to go through these Calvin Ridley tweets, I'm not super shocked, but like, couldn't he have got a, a cousin, a brother, anybody else to have bet on these games? I mean, like, Dean, well, like, that's what I'm saying. Did he not know? Because sometimes they just don't know. He, I mean, no, no, he fighting, We've been guilty of that. You're like, just not knowing that you couldn't do something. Then you do it, and then you're like, oops, I didn't know. Nobody told me that. You know, this no. is not like a war, like a. A known thing. There's no way that he has no no right for plausible deniability, any of that. I mean, I'm sure in the rookie symposium, one of the first things they tell these guys as they enter the league is you cannot. I mean, they, they teach these guys that from college. This is a guy that went to Alabama. He was a first-round draft pick. Uh, he's, he's represented by a large agency. Like, he knows good and well he cannot be gambling on games. Now, did he think that maybe because he wasn't in, inactive and away from football? I don't know. That hasn't come out yet. But, uh, you know. Judging by these tweets, this spiraling amount of tweets that have come out from Calvin Ridley over the past few days, and he finally has stopped tweeting his last tweet 18 hours ago, uh, I would say he kind of knew and he just, he just did something wrong. So I'll start with his first tweet, March 6th. Um, this is before we even found out anything. He tweets out, I learned from my L's. And everybody's kind of reacting to it, trying to figure out what's going on. A few hours later, uh, the news breaks, right? And we find out Calvin Ridley suspended for a year plus, which I mean, he could never play another down in the football in football again, right? Like, it's not like this is Patrick Mahomes, Deshaun Watson, even who's going through his own legal problems, and everybody knows he's going to get back. He's a receiver. He's at a position that's looked at as a little bit more expendable. And again, the NFL has to get this right. I don't think they look mm-hmm. at this as something that they can fumble at all and, and jeopardize the integrity of the game. Uh, his next tweet is the one that has over fifty thousand retweets and over two hundred fifty thousand likes. He says, I bet 1500 total I don't have a gambling problem. Okay, now here is my favorite reaction yeah. to that. Calvin really bet $1,500 and lost $10 million. Those are the worst odds in gambling history. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. 
You might have a yeah, problem is... if you're risking a $11 million bag to bet $1,500, right, Dean? Yeah, listen, I'm, I just think that football players are so X's and O's and they're constantly used to being told what to do from coaches and, like, living this lifestyle. Because when I was working with Greg Hardy, we had an incident. This is one of my lower, lower points in my career as well. Uh, I it was, was working with Greg Hardy. Career as a, like, as a coach? Yeah, as a coach. Okay, this is before you became the Dean Thomas. No, I was still the Dean Thomas. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he said, don't get it right. I, yeah, I was coaching Greg Hardy, and he thought that he could have an inhaler. And he said that they allowed him to have an inhaler. So in his mind, it was okay. And then when it came into the going into the third round, he goes, yo, let me get the inhaler. And I was like, you sure you can have this? He was like, yeah, they told me. I looked up and asked the commission, can he have this? And he said, okay. So I gave Greg an inhaler. And that is totally against the rules. I know it was against the rules. <laughs> but the fact that he convinced me, <laughs> based on them telling him that he could have it, you know, he thought he was doing it right. And he didn't think he was doing anything wrong. Like, we know that the rules, you can't have an inhaler. But... For whatever reason, he was able to justify it in his head, probably the same way Calvin Ridley justified in his head that he can bet on games because he was betting on his own team for them to win or he was out or whatever. But I'm sure he was like, oh, I can do this because it's, you know, not standard protocol. So was was Greg Hardy uh, penalized at all for that? He was... Absolutely penalized. <laughs> he won the fight. They turned it into a no contest. Dang. I was vilified in the news for like two months. Dang. It still comes back to haunt me every once in a while. Because they look at you as the guy that handed Greg Hardy the inhaler. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's tough. That's I mean, tough. I can agree with Dean in, uh, that there's that professional athletes are so stubborn and just 100% delved into their X's and O's. And whatnot, and I can see Calvin Ridley thinking nothing of putting his name on whatever app he used mm. and throwing around five hundred dollar bets. Now, like the the real me wants to defend him in the sense that he said he had nothing to do at that point. That's another tweet that you'll read. Yeah, that he had nothing going on at that point. So throwing five hundred dollars on your boys to catch a dub, in theory, doesn't sound that crazy, right? But of course, it's so wrong. It's it's wrong, and yeah, he does say uh, here his tweet after he said he doesn't have a gambling problem is I couldn't even watch football at that point, which I'm guessing he's saying he was so sick that he was because the reason why Calvin really stepped away from the game uh, reportedly was mental health issues mm-hmm. and family and family issues, and he just needed to step away from the game. So he's saying I couldn't even watch football at that point. Um, it is weird though that he would bet on it. If that's the case. Well, when you bet on things, it gives you more interest to pay attention and watch. And like I said, I had no comment earlier. Yeah. But if I were <laughs> if I were to throw a little wager down on Hampton versus, you know, Grambling, yeah. like I'm not gonna watch that game by my like usually. Yeah. But if no I, one no hey, one's hey. gonna watch that game for no other reason unless they're gambling. Dean Thomas, that's that's offensive to the illustrious Hampton University, and we would wipe the floor at Grambling. That's why you wouldn't watch it. But what's up? What? Hey, I actually applied to Grambling. When I was in uh, high school, like to to like clean the floors there or to go? No, man, to go. Oh, okay, I, I didn't know you didn't specify. So you want so you wanted to go to Grambling? You want to be a Grambling? Are they the Tigers? No, that's Southern. I have no idea. I what forgot what I, I, did, I wanted to go to Grambling, uh, but I ended up going to Rock Road in Fort Pierce. 
Rock Road. What's Rock that was Road? Jail. Oh, okay. That's what. Okay. <laughs> I'm like, what the heck? Grambling is the Tigers, by the way. Grambling is the Tigers. Southern's the Jaguars. Big time Bayou class. I'm from the South, man. I know these things. Uh huh. Um, no. So yeah, Dean, I'm, I'm sorry about that, but it worked out for you. I mean, I don't know if Grambling would have got you to be the Dean Thomas that we know today, right? Nah, man. I turned lemons into lemonade. But Stone, <laughs> to my point, what I was saying about like playing football, you guys are so used to being in this regimented system that and if you can find a way to uh look at it in a different way and say well you didn't tell me i couldn't do this yeah i mean you said i could do a b and c yeah i mean that's a, but you didn't say i couldn't do this right it's a super strong argument because now you're seeing guys fight back like aaron Rodgers and the guys in the major leagues who want to get paid more they're like hey we're, we want to get paid more and if and if you can't pay us more we're not going to play and aaron Rodgers, if if i'm not going to have a dis a voice in a decision in this office and, and who we're drafting and stuff that I'm not going to play. So there's a lot of pushback. So I, I know how stubborn kids are, and I speak from the college level, but I, I assume it just heightens in the you know the pros in the NFL when these guys get paid millions of dollars. So I can see them totally fighting back like, hey, you're not going to tell me what to do. Like I make millions of dollars, and I put my heart and soul into this team. I can throw $500 on my boys to catch a dub. They're playing Carolina, and I know that we can beat <laughs> Carolina. I don't even know. It didn't even specify if he bet on the Falcons or against the Falcons in that parlay. It was like an 18 parlay, right? Yeah, it was 18. <laughs> and they didn't specify if he, you know, but I, I would I would guess, I would imagine that if he did put money and, and put it on the Falcons win, he probably lost that parlay. Um, <laughs> Dean, I have, yeah. a, I have a good question for you because we have a special guest coming up here in about 10 minutes. You do improv, right? I, I got a I tip do. that you do improv. How long have you been doing improv and, and why so? Why would you delve into that into that hobby? Uh, well, uh, I've been doing improv for a little over a decade and I got into it because I was acting, but I was fighting at the time. But in order to be an actor, you, it's a lot of work required. So I figured that doing improv would be easier because I didn't have to remember lines. Mm, okay. Okay. So you're trying to strengthen, sharpen the tools there. So I have a treat for you, Dean, because I like you, Dean Thomas, even though you're all the way out there in Vegas, uh, helping out Jillian. Me and Stoney back here at the studio, we have a treat for you. And it's going to be, we're going to bring on a, an actual comedian. Somebody that actually tells jokes and people's laugh, you know, they laugh afterwards, uh, unlike yours. <laughs> but you're working on it. You've been 10, ten no, years in the man, that's, working. But that's, that's my stand-up. <laughs> when I do improv, I'm, I'm better sometimes. Okay. It's different. Improv and stand-up are different. I've done them both. My, my favorite thing about Dean is anytime we're, we're shooting content or trying to create content, he always says, you know what, just point the camera and press record. Like, yeah. I got it from here. Like, just let it roll. We got it. Don't worry about it. And, he's and, like that. And he always comes through. Okay. I'm gonna, we're going to give you a chance to ask a professional at it, even though you're pretty much a professional at it at this point, too, in Victoria Jackson, who's coming to the Palm Beach Kennel Club this Friday in just three days uh, to do a show, an actual comedy show that people are paying to watch, even though people pay to watch Dean every day. Uh, people are paying to watch. So we're going to bring Victoria Jackson on in a little bit, and I'm going to give everybody an opportunity to win some tickets based on some trivia based off our interview with the Victoria Jackson, who had a stint on SNL. She used to do you know, this night show with Johnny Carson, a legend in the comedy business. We'll get her on after the break and talk more on Rodgers, Ridley, and the bag fumbling going on in the NFL I'm Theo Dorsey for Stone and for Dean in place of Ken Levicka. This is Ken Levicka Live. We're live on ESPN 106.3. Tom 
From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 1063. And we are presented by the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. Visit fau.edu slash MBA Sport. It is International Women's Day. That's some Dolly Parton for you right there, working 9 to 5. Uh, the women in our lives are always working hard 9 to 5 to keep things going, keep things on track. Uh, I'm mad that today on International Women's Day, I'm, I'm stuck with Dean Thomas and Stone Lebanowitz here. Uh, but y'all are good company, though. I like you guys. Dean, how, how's it going out there from Vegas as you help to continue to train Jillian on her way to Saturday's fight? It's going good for me. But, I mean, I don't know what you're so surprised about. <laughs> <laughs> you ain't never got no women around you. Hey, come on now, D. Come on, my guy. Come on, man. Look, I, I, I'm working. I'm trying, man. Everybody can't be as handsome as Dean Thomas. Everybody ain't. Now, I know, man. You got a you got a great girl. I met your girl. She's a great girl. So um, you should be happy. I am. I'm. I'm very. Go- I'm doing very well. As is Stone Labanowitz, who is hooking things up here. Uh, I want to put you guys on alert for something that's coming up this weekend here in Palm Beach County, specifically this Friday in just three days. Victoria Jackson is coming to the Palm Beach Kennel Club, and that's going to be, again, March 5th. Doors are going to open, or March 11th. Doors are opening at 8. If you don't know who Victoria Jackson is, she is an actress. She is a comedian, a singer, a former cast member of SNL, uh, a name that was big, especially late in the 80s, early 90s. Uh, Since her run on Saturday Night Live, Jackson still appears in the occasional film, including Lost Heart, where she was nominated for Best Supporting Actress by the International Christian Film Festival. PBKC at the Paddock is perfectly set up for shows and comedians with its convenient location, seating for 300, great food, full bar, and more. To purchase tickets for Victoria Jackson, visit pbkennelclub.com. Again, that show, Friday, March 11th, doors opening at 8. But I have a special treat for anybody interested in checking that out. We're going to have Victoria Jackson on in a moment here, but what I want you to do is I need you to listen closely to our interview because afterwards I'm going to ask a question, a trivia question, to give out not one, not two, but four tickets. Four tickets. That means you, a buddy, and two more buddies can go check out Victoria Jackson at PBKC. Doors opening at 8 again Friday, March 11th in just three days here. So it could be a good Friday night outing. Call in here, 888-760-3776. Again, 888 888- 760-3776. Listen in to our interview with Victoria Jackson and pay attention. It's like one of those pop quizzes, man. It's it's going to be comprehensive because an answer we get from her is going to be the answer you have to give to win the four tickets. So with that being said, if we can bring in uh, Miss Victoria Jackson herself, who was so gracious to come on to Ken Levick Alive here with myself, Dean Thomas, and Stone Labanowitz. Uh, first and foremost, I know that a lot of the headline around uh, your name, especially coming up for this event. People talk about your days at Saturday Night Live. How finally do you look back on your days there from 86 to 92, performing in those sketches, doing weekend updates? I mean, I know it had to be a ball because it looks fun from this side. How are you? Your name's Dean? I'm Theo. This is Theo Dorsey. Now, Dean is on the other side. I'm, of the Dean, I'm Dean over here. Everybody wants to talk to Dean. What's up oh. with that, Victoria? <laughs> of course she wants to talk to Theo me. Theo and Dean, I was... You were talking fast, and I was trying to understand Theo and Dean. Hey, how's it going? I apologize. Yes, this is Theo Dorsey. They call me Big Teddy around here. But most importantly, you're Victoria Jackson. You're the star of the show. We want to know, I mean, what were those days like? I I dream of being on that Saturday Night Live uh, set. 
Dean is in improv. He's been doing it for dec for a decade. How is it to be up there on that weekend update set having fun? Okay, I will tell you. Uh, do you hear the beeping in my car? It'll go off in a minute. It's the seatbelt. Okay. Uh, uh, it's okay. It's very exciting. It's so exciting. You don't sleep. You live on pure adrenaline. You're a nervous wreck for six years, and you're it's super, super fun and exciting. And every week you meet a new, you know, rocker or a new movie star, and um, the creative process it stimulates your brain endorphins. But it's very competitive. Nobody understands that we had to write our material and compete against our castmates for airtime. There was a lot mm. of tears and, you know, yeah. anxiety. And, um, like, I never trained in writing comedy. I auditioned. Lauren thought I was funny, and he hired. But, like, uh, Dana Carvey was writing The Church Lady. Don Lovitz was writing The Light. Mike Myers was writing Wayne's World, and I would sit in my little office with my uh, electric typewriters before computers in 1986, mm. and I would like stare at the blank piece of paper and be like, uh, maybe I'll like this. Maybe that would be a character. Maybe I could talk like quiet. You know, I'm sitting there like, how do you make a character? <laughs> because I. Because I grew up with no TV. I've never seen the show now, before. Now, that's what I wanted oh to know. You, you grew up with no TV. What? How? I, you know, was this, again, <laughs> you, you did, it's not like you grew up in the 30s or 20s like Dean did. No, <laughs> no, no. I saw Sonny and Cher um, and Mary Moore on my grandma's TV once a week. But here's the deal. My dad was a gymnastics coach. He, he was watching he, 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 and he knew that he would be tempted to watch it all day and all night, and he didn't want his children to sit in front of it, it all day and all night, and he wanted us to make straight A's and be gymnasts, which is a lot of pressure, you know, be perfect physically, mentally, and spiritually. He made us go to church four times a week, so, which was good, it was actually great, but the thing was, um... Yeah, so I think in a way, TV became super exciting because it was forbidden. Mm. Uh, but, yeah, but it, he he played the piano. He would take us to G movies like Oliver Twist and Mary Poppins, and he would come home and play all of the songs from the movie on the piano, and we'd sing them. So it was a pretty, pretty fun childhood. Yeah. And then I used the skills from gymnastics performance and put them in a different setting on a stage with words, Harvard and Yale. And, you know, so. Yeah, it's starting to break up there a little bit. Again, we're joined by Victoria Jackson, who's going to be at the Palm Beach Kennel Club on Friday night at the, in the paddock room to perform. You're, you're going to be doing a, a stand-up routine there. Am I correct by that, right, Victoria? Yes, I started doing stand up in 1980 to try to get on to try to get an agent or get on TV. And Johnny Carson put me on and he got me and I was on 20 times and that's how I got my career. Um and Michaels must have seen me on Johnny Carson's show. Yeah, and so Dean Thomas here you you want to be, you know, you want to be that next guy doing that, right? Dean, can you pitch in a question yeah, for here? Sure. Like, I have better. a question so 
and I, I'm glad you spoke about how competitive it is to get on a show like Saturday Night Live. Um, did Lauren Michaels see you and ask you to audition, or do you think it was just he remembered you from the Johnny Carson <laughs> show and you auditioned and you got it? Okay, so this is how it happens. Most of the people are at um, SCTV, or, no, no, they're at the Groundlings, or Second City. Other group of, yeah, Second City. They, they, they're in a group there, like Belushi and Gil They are doing improv every night for a couple years, and they're honing their skills, and then Lauren Michaels sends his talent scout to discover them. And then when his talents, one of them was Marcy Klein, the daughter of Calvin Klein, she would go to these shows, like improv shows, like at the Groundlings in L.A. or Second City in Chicago. So she would pick out a couple people she thought were great, and then they would bring them to Lauren, and then he would watch them audition. And my audition was six minutes, mm. which was like my John, my Carson material. And, um, yeah. So, um, yeah, well, good luck. It's possible. You know, it seems impossible, but uh, if I could do it, anybody could do it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and Dean is working hard at that. Can you, Victoria, as you have this, this big, uh, you know, performance coming up here at PBKC, can you give people a taste of what they can expect? Because I, I don't know how many of the people that will be going on Friday remember you from the SNL days or whatnot. But they're, I know they're pumped up to come out there and check you out this Friday at 8 o'clock when the doors open. What's a peek into what the performance is like these days? Has it changed much since the days of the late 80s, early 90s? <laughs> well, yeah, a little bit. Um, well, let's see. I, I have very deep thoughts, and you know uh, people come to hear my deep thoughts. I play the ukulele, and I'm song that are about death, adultery, and one song is called Bimbos and Bikinis, and it talks about my time spent in Miami trying to date my husband, who is a SWAT guy, helicopter police pilot in Miami for 33 years. And I talk about, you know, if you reality is funnier than fiction. So I just talk about dating him at South Beach and... The uh, topless models, they don't just lay there quietly. They play frisbee to make sure you notice them. Mm. And um, and th I'm sure that didn't bother you, but, you know, <laughs> I'm a girl. Yeah. I'm a girl. I'm like, hey, over here, over here, I'm your date. And and then, like, there's things like uh, I talk about when I had cancer, the funny parts of cancer. You want to know one funny part? I would like to hear that, yeah. Uh, well, let's see. People say, hey, uh, did your breast cancer, uh, did it affect the romance in your marriage? And I, no, because even though I was bald and chest looked like it went through a wood chipper, my husband's a leg man. <laughs> Wait. Hey, that's pretty, that's pretty funny. No, 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 no. That's I like that. Funny. I no, no. I, no look, you got Dean. You got Dean. Me and <laughs> you Stone. Got me. Um, no. Yeah, uh, yeah. So I have some dark jokes. You know, I, I'm a little edgy. Yeah. No. Well, I, I was going to ask you about that because you know we we live in a time where there's cancel culture and it's like where do you personally draw the line to where you kind of pull back a little bit on your comedy. 
politics. Well, I don't talk about politics in my act because it's such a volatile stuff these days. Um, but I do have a character named Harriet, and then she kind of talks like this. My name is Harriet. I'm a blue-blooded liberal with my head to my toes. Uh, <laughs> Obama? I love him. I hate hate. That's why I hate Republicans. What? Is you know, I have... I have that character. No, no, Victoria, was that you or did you sub somebody in? I, I'm not going to believe that was just you. That that was me doing one of my impressions. That was impressive. You went from oh, yeah. something like Minnie I Mouse do, to... <laughs> I do impressions. I do I do impressions. I do Edith Bunker. I, I do Fran Drucker. She walks like this. No, no, wait. Okay. She talks... Oh, oh, Jay Leno. I was... <laughs> I was having a dinner party and I let my sweater on fire. <laughs> anyway, like I, I like like I entertain you. Let me entertain oh you. Victoria Jackson. That was you know what? I, if that's not enough to get the people pumped to come out to PBKC this Friday, uh, when doors open at eight, I don't know what is. We're gonna be giving away four tickets, four free tickets. I hope that doesn't cut into your bottom line of your show. When we get you off, uh, we got to go to break here. Thank you so much for joining us. Again, call in um, right now, 888-760-3776. Again, 888-760-3776 for your chance to win four tickets to the PBKC Paddock Room Friday night. Doors open at 8. You can hear from Victoria Jackson and some of her impersonations. Thanks for your time, Victoria. We're going to hit the break here and digest what we just took in there from Victoria Jackson and all of the impersonations. Uh, for Victoria, Dean Thomas out in Vegas and Stone Labanowitz here in studio, I'm Theo Dorsey. We've been live here on ESPN 106.3. From the Enajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. And we are presented by... The FAU MBA Sport Management Program. Visit fau.edu slash MBA Sport. All right, so I have a bit of a dilemma, and we'll get back into the sports topic. I'm riding a horse today and playing a little polo for the first time, and for that very reason, I'm glad we have Dean Thomas out in Vegas who does all kinds of wacky and wild things for money. Um, he, you jump out of planes and all like, what, what is the wildest thing, Dean, that you've done on the, uh, UFC show that you do, uh, where you're like, okay, just, just doing ridiculous things and getting bread. So, um, I'm on the show, Dana White, looking for a fight where we go town to town and do a lot of wild, stupid things. And the wildest thing that I did is probably not that wild to most people, but so I travel the world and do this show. But the wildest thing I did, we did it in Jupiter. Mm. And okay. that was swimming with sharks. No, no, that's wild. That's wild. That's sufficiently wild to most people, I would assume. I mean, you you think that, but sometimes I tell people, they're just like, oh, no problem. I'm, I'm like, man, are you crazy? So is that like, so when somebody, like, when are you bringing that up? Is that like when somebody's like, hey, what's the most interesting thing that, you know, or what's, what's, what's different about you, Dean? And you're like, well, you know, one time I swam with some sharks. No, I usually bring that up when I meet people for the first time. I go, hi, my name is Dean Thomas. I'm on a show with Dana White. We swam with sharks. In Jupiter, <laughs> I, I, I apologize, but I am one of the people who does not think it's crazy. And I will tell you, anytime you are in the ocean, there are sharks underneath you. Inevitably. 
Hundreds of them. But yeah, but I'm not swimming in the ocean. Never? No. Why would I be and swimming I'm not, in the ocean? They're not normally like chumming the water while you're doing it. Yeah, they were like eating next to you, right, Dean? Yes. Like, they were chumming the water. Now, first off, I don't swim. I can't swim. So that's also I'm a in there a... with a life vest and a swimsuit, and I don't like sharks, and I don't like swimming, and I don't like being five miles from the land. <laughs> so, like, all those things combined, really, even to this day, when I think about it, I go, oh, what was I doing? Yeah. Yeah, but you know, yeah. but you did it for the squad. You did it for the team, right? I did it for the team. You did it for the production value of it all, and, and that's what I'm going to be doing. In about two and a half hours here, I'm going to Wellington, and I'm not swimming with any sharks, but I will be about two miles up. How, how tall are horses? Like a couple miles? They're really big. <laughs> <They're>, <laughs> Stone is trying to do the math in his head right now. I am trying to do I'm doing the ratio between kilometers, miles, and feet <laughs> here, and I'm pretty sure it's about five five. Feet tall, probably five feet. So, so listen, they're not putting you on, you know, Black Beauty. You're gonna be on a little pony. <laughs> no, that I, you could probably put your feet on the ground. No, if you drive. I'm dead, but the size of a dog. We're playing polo. I have to have a big horse. I think I would. You assume. are not getting on a horse and playing polo. <laughs> they, I'm going to the polo fields to learn how to play polo for a a, a video we're putting together for the Palm Beach County Film and TV crew. And I think I'm getting on a big horse. If they put a little horse out there in front of me, though I'm very scared of horses, I will be offended. I will. <laughs> well, I can tell you right now, they're not putting you on a real horse. <laughs> so have you ever ridden a horse, Dean? I've never ridden a horse. So you know nothing. I've, ri- I've ridden a camel. Why'd you ride a camel? And I, actually, I rode a, I rode a donkey. <laughs> so no horses. Never like a real stallion, you know what I'm saying? See, and uh, I've always wanted to because I've always wanted to be like a cowboy. I would imagine like they, Billy are, the kid. they are giving you a real horse. It'll be one, that horse that they usually do it with. Now, I don't know how smart horses are, but I know he'll kind of get the gist of what's going on, and I don't think it'll be too hard. I so trust you. So you're assuming that the horse is going to be the one that's composed in this situation? Absolutely. I know I won't be composed. I am genu- I'm genuinely fearful of horses because of how massive they are. I was going to say, they are massive animals. Like, and if anybody, 888-760-3776. You can call in if you have any kind of tip for me. As I, I don't even know if I have the right horse attire on. I have no boots. I'm from Texas. I have no boots. I'm wearing some some Aldo shoes that are like ankle high. Um, I have shorts on and a polo because it's polo, right? Yeah, they'll give you some sort of jersey or a vest, and they'll set you up correctly, man. You, I have faith in you. I think you execute this pretty well. This, I'm gonna tell you how to handle this. What you do to get the horse to immediately like, immediately like you. You get behind it. You grab its tail as hard as you can and just yank. They love when you do that. Okay, can you send me a video of you doing it so I can get a tutorial, like a play-by-play of it, and I can um maybe, you know, like a YouTube. Well, I've actually never done it. Okay, so you haven't. But I've heard. <laughs> just grab it. Just grab a handful of its tail and just yank. Okay, I got to make sure I grab the tail and don't miss and grab something else. Uh, so we're going to be riding horses and I hope I, I score a couple goals or whatever, however you call it in polo with that. That's what I'm, that's, that's going to be my riskier side today. I'm going to try that out in a couple hours. So that's just me speaking out loud, 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 the angst I have as I prepare my mind for that. But, um, the topics of today, and I want to get back to this because even on this international women's day, 
where we're celebrating um, all of the women out there, especially here, our teammates at ESPN West Palm and in the surrounding communities, our family members, our friends, people we've met. Uh, much love to them and to Victoria Jackson, who we just talked about, who we just had a good conversation with and some impersonation. She'll be at the PBKC again this Friday. Um, two things that's going on right now in the, in the sports world. Aaron Rodgers just secured the bag. We got Calvin Ridley, who fumbled the bag. But one thing I wanted to tap into, because we have Dean Thomas on, and I'm so glad to have him here on Ken Levick Alive, is this weird obsession with Colby Covington and LeBron James. Um, <laughs> Dean, I, I didn't watch that fight. He fought uh, Mazadov, right? Yeah, Mazadov. Mazadov? Say it again? Mm-hmm. Mazvidal. I always say it wrong. Mazvidal. Okay, so... And and you you pretty much gave us the the preview on that on Friday on Josh coming in the home team with Dean Thomas and Tina. You told us how that one was going to play out, and and it did. So Kobe Covington ends up winning it. And I, so this is my question to you, and, and we'll we'll play the sound. Should we play the sound first, Stone? I'm gonna let Dean set it up because it, it it is confusing to somebody who isn't you know familiar with these fighters to why he would even bring up this guy's name. Yeah. His reasoning behind it is confusing in the first place, and that's kind of the. How Colby is confusing and just kind of out there and reckless. Right, right. Kind of like how a horse could be, maybe, and that's why I'm nervous. But Dean, so is this from is this the sound from this weekend at the press conference? Yes. Okay. So Colby had a year ago win at LeBron James because he considers LeBron James a spineless woke athlete because they won't, you know, for the flag things and and for whatever else reason. And Colby panders to a p- good good portion of the population. The flag with saying, like yeah, flag saying things okay. like, "Oh, we support the troops, we support uh, first responders, so on and so forth." So he went at LeBron James just randomly, like all oh, these woke athletes like LeBron James. He did that last year, and then he brought it back up just the other night. Now here's the sound to that. Like he's never been electrified before. And lastly, before I go, I want to send a big thank you to all the real heroes and celebrities in this country. Not that woke, spineless coward like LeBron James. I'm talking about our heroes, law enforcement, military, our first responders. God bless you. God bless you all. God bless America. I'll see you tomorrow night. Okay. So here's my first question, Dean. What does LeBron have to do with the first responders in the middle? Like, what is he trying? Why invoke LeBron's name? Is it is it so it makes more headlines? Is it so he gets on Ken Levick alive with us today? Like, what's the purpose of that? It's one hundred percent the reason behind it is so he can get more headlines, just so he could attach himself to somebody who's you know doing something, and then say, oh, well, Colby Covington came to LeBron James. But the reality is, you know, he talks about first responders, military, and all this and that. But all he's doing is talking. He's talking. And he he's saying that like LeBron James is not a hero as if LeBron James doesn't have a foundation that puts kids through school and he does much charitable work. He's a philanthropist. But he, for, for whatever reason, he wants to attack LeBron James and call him a spineless coward yeah. and just say, oh, well, the, to pander to that portion of the population, say, oh, well, uh, you know, the true heroes of this country, uh, the first responders. And it's nothing against the first responders or military or police. Right. But to undermine what LeBron James does, 
is disrespectful, idiotic, and stupid. Now, now, Dean, I have a lot of. I'm not a Colby fan, and I and I watched every bit, every every single fight on the card, and I was waiting all night for this guy to win because we knew he was he, he was too strong of a wrestler. We knew he was going to win, and I wanted to see him embarrass himself with Joe Rogan on the post fight interview in the octagon, and he did exactly that. He did a few things that were just just the same thing we're talking about right now. The, uh, Joe Rogan congratulated him, and the first thing he did was thank the first responders, and then proceeded to call out a wrestler who's not even in his weight class and stuff. So he seems like this dude just ping-pongs around and picks on people. Erratic. Just erratic, just to get into these headlines and stuff like that. Like To me, he has no credibility. And why he would do this with LeBron makes all the sense in the world to me, but to nobody else makes no sense, as it shouldn't. But the thing is, like he, he goes and says, all right, our real heroes are first responders, blah, 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 blah. But what is that doing? That's almost, that's nothing more than going on Instagram and saying, pray for Ukraine. You know what I'm saying? Like, that does nothing. Like, to to say, oh, yeah, this is for the first responders, this is for whatever, it does absolutely nothing. Like, if he really wants to put his money where his mouth is, put his money where his mouth is, yeah. like LeBron James has done. Yeah, yeah. Very much so. I mean, again, we and I'm sad we gave him that m- amount of time, but I just had to get to the bottom of this. When we have our fight expert, Dean Thomas, in, and I hear the name of LeBron James getting invoked into these worlds, I had to figure out what was going on there. Kobe Covington not putting his money where his mouth is, just running off at the mouth and whatever. Yeah, part of his statement was true. The other part, I don't know why LeBron was in it. Uh, speaking of putting the money where your mouth is, a big, big money event 51 years ago today happened. Uh, it, it's one of the... Sporting events that shaped, really, I mean, if you talk about the Mount Rushmore of sporting events, it has to be up there. It's one of the sporting events that shaped many of them to come. It's something that people use to refer to uh, huge matchups, big-time, uh, you know, prime-time matchups that we have, which Kobe Covington has not been a part of. We'll talk about that with Dean Thomas and with Stone Labanowitz. Right now, we're live on ESPN 106.3. This is Ken Levick Alive. From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. Hour number two. You know what, Stone? Who are we presented by? The FAU MBA Sport Management Program. Visit fau.edu slash MBA sport. That's right. That's right. This is Big Teddy Theo Dorsey taking over Ken LaVica Live as he is out today. We got Stone Labanowitz running everything at the uh, point guard position here. And then our, on the wing, you know what I'm saying? We really, we put him in the corner. He's like a... he's like a P.J. Tucker. P.J. Tucker style guy. That's Dean Thomas out there in Vegas who is training Jillian, a.k.a. Savage, for her fight this Saturday. Uh, Dean, when we throw that ball to you in the corner and you're open, we're going to give it to you in a good spot. What percentage are you knocking down that triple at? That's what I need to know. 100%. 100. Oh, it's every time. Okay. You see, ever see that video with Damian Lillard? I, where he knocked it in, and then he made that face. <laughs> the game winner? That's the face I make. Yeah, the game winner. That's the face I make every time I touch the ball. I like that. I like that. That's the kind of guy I can trust. I can trust Dean in the corner if he's going to hit him at 100%. Stone, if I put you in the corner, because you're a point guard. You're the one feeding guys. Yeah. What, what what clip are you hitting it at? I'm probably hitting at a 30% clip. 30? Okay. You, you dish off 10, I'm putting in three. <laughs> That's not good enough here. That's not good enough That's here. why he dish it off to me. That's why I you, I'm putting up 10 out of 10. 
That's right. A 10 out of 10. Dean Thomas uh, always can rely on. Stone we rely on a lot, too. But uh, that's why he's the point guard. You know, he's not knocking down the jumpers. Uh, again, this is our two of Ken Levick Alive. We, we addressed so much to reset the show. I mean, the big news of the day in sports, Aaron Rodgers returning to the Green Bay Packers. A four-year, $200 million deal is what was reported by Ian Rappaport. But uh, we have Pat McAfee already refuting those claims. What we do know is Rodgers will be in Green Bay, which means that Devontae Adams is probably coming back, which means they're probably bringing the whole band back together at Lambeau Field, and they'll be right back in contention. I mean, there was all this dissension and all of this hate and all of this, and I was part of it, uh, just thrown on Aaron Rodgers because he was acting very moody, very childish very pretentious, very condescending, very annoying and attention-grabbing. Um, and it looks like we're getting a little feedback. Dean, if you can are – you, are you still there, Dean? Okay, we're good. Uh, but at the end of the day, he still is, what, a top three quarterback in the NFL, right? He was, he's the reigning NFL MVP, a four-time MVP. He doesn't make it to the Super Bowl very often. He only done it once in his career, but he's good at football, right, Stone? Like, yeah. it's a good deal. I mean, it's a great deal. And, and for somebody at that age, at that possession – a position at a franchise like Green Bay. I mean, it's big time. People, a lot, a lot of the takes that I'm seeing after post deal that he just made. Where imagine how much pressure this guy has on him. He's done it his whole entire career. Put on for one franchise yeah. for I don't know what is it, 14 seasons, going on 14, I think. I mean, he just he, he continues to come through. I wouldn't be surprised, and I'm not making a bold statement here or anything, and I'm not claiming this happens, but I know he'll be on a mission. You know, he's taking so much. But we slack. set that last off season though, so I don't. And he's a back to back MVP. Yeah, but they didn't. But what does that matter when you drop in the divisional round? I mean, of course, I I think this deal does help them and 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 puts life yeah. back into this franchise after just a rough. Yeah, but hold on, wait a minute, Teddy Dolo. Y'all thought I was. Fin- yeah, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> How are you? You almost seem like you blaming him that they lost the game. I mean, if you're the MVP. What more can you do? He uh, okay. Let's look. He was the regular season MVP in that game. He was far from MVP. I think they scored what three points, seven points. It was like thirteen to ten. They lost. Yeah, they scored on the opening possession and didn't score after that. Right. So he was not an MVP in that game. He. This is what happens though, Dean. And I know you are the football savant, the guy that watches <laughs> the NFL most attentively. I mean, you're glued to your TV on the Sundays. Aaron Rodgers is great during the regular season. He's even great sometimes in the opening rounds of the playoffs. But he's only reached the Super Bowl once, and he's had a lot of playoff collapses like he did at home against the Niners team that had a great defense, I'm sure. But, I mean, they won it on special teams. Their offense was that. Like, Aaron Rodgers has failed to get it done oftentimes. But when you're that good, you got to pay him. Dean, you- Look, I'm just saying there's 51 other guys on the team. Well, you're making it sound like it was all his fault. Well, 52, active. But – and I like that. You're pulling out the active roster numbers on me. What's up, Dean? What, what, where was that? this Dean last week? <laughs> Dean, listen, did you did you hear Theo said that he went to one Super Bowl and won one Super Bowl? Do you know what percentage that is? That's pretty damn good. That's, just, that, that, <laughs> that's 100%. That, that's 100%, Dean. That's your three-point yeah. percentage right there. Same thing. You and Aaron Rodgers are shooting at 100%. I think Aaron Rodgers is good, Theo. Okay. I think this deal is good for him. I think he deserves to be the highest-paid player in the league. I know if Ken was with us right now, he'd be – Firing us up, <laughs> giving him a lot of slack. Why'd you say it as if Ken had passed away? If Ken was with us right now, <laughs> if Ken's still with us, I don't want to alert the audience. He's he's away, but he's he's still with us. He just is. Uh, I think he also might be listening right now. So Ken, uh, uh, you know, major props. Uh, don't you know? We, we we know you're still with us. Um, 
Aaron Rodgers, you're thinking, would still light it up this year. So you're going to go with the Packers making it to the Super Bowl then? Yeah, I mean, I think they're in contention. I think they're legitimate contenders. I think now that he signed this deal, when those futures do come out, which is the odds of the teams that have a chance of winning the Super Bowl, yeah. I can see Green Bay at the four spot. Okay. I The only problem I have with the whole deal is he's kind of old. Very much so. He's like 37 right now. You know now. what I'm saying? Like, can they get four years out of him? I mean, this is a guy, I mean... I know what you're going to say, oh, well, Tom Brady's 100 years old. But I'm just saying, like, what is uh, Aaron Rodgers, 37? 37. Yeah, 37, that's that's kind of, that's a lot of miles. It's a lot of miles, too. And then when your doctor's Joe Rogan, I'm not sure how efficiently, because guys like LeBron and Tom Brady, they know how to take care of their bodies properly. And, and I don't know. I mean, maybe Joe Rogan has the right program. Now, wait a minute. What's I'm up? not going to sit here and let you badmouth my friend Joe Rogan, in order to prove your point. <laughs> you just Joe said Rogan is my though. friend, and I'm not going to let you badmouth him on this show, on Ken Levicka's show. Did I'm I, not going to let it happen. Did I badmouth him, or did I say when Joe Rogan is your doctor, I just don't know how that turns out. I'm not sure how many patients Joe Rogan has. There's, what are my he reference has two. points? Is it you Aaron and Rodgers and Dana White. Okay, and guess what? White. They both came out of COVID with flying colors. A hundred percent. They do it. They are both alive and breathing. You're right. So that's on a hundred percent track record for your guy, for your guy, Dr. Joe Rogan. Uh, but back to the topic at hand, Aaron Rodgers, again, returning to the Packers. We don't know if it's really going to be four years, 200 million. Again, when these things start coming out, there's these contract incentives and all these details. Nobody cares about all that. What matters is Rodgers will be back in Lambeau, even after the Packers fans have already mourned him and, and really kind of parted with him. Even the Packers fans in this office when you talk to them, they were ready to move on from Aaron Rodgers and deal with whatever the heck comes. And no, you're stuck with them. So that is what it is. Uh, Stone, you watched what was an epic college basketball game. It's obviously March right now, March Madness season. You watched what was uh, already an epic to start off. And this isn't even the big dance yet. This is just to get into the dance in the SoCon Conference Tournament Championship uh, Stone. So, for one, I want to do a quick tie-in here. We talked to Victoria Jackson earlier, uh, who's going to be at the PBKC Friday night. She's actually a Furman alum. Really? Yeah, she's actually a Furman alum. And I was going to ask her about that, but once she started going into impersonations, I kind of everything got derailed. She's hilarious. Who's Furman? Furman is, is a that guy. Uh, Brian Rowitz when you furry. <laughs> furry man, yeah, furry man, the furry man. Yeah. that's the Brian Rowitz and Ken Levicka show. Um, <laughs> but no, so Furman took on Chattanooga in the SoCon Championship last night. Stone was pumped to be able to talk about this one. So first, Stone, I'll let you cue it up. What went down at the end of this game that was so exhilarating? And then let us hear what happened. Yeah, it, it's pretty relevant because it is March. And when we spoke about it this morning, me and you, we talked about it's only March 7th yeah. when this went down. Like, we are just getting warmed up. I personally think March Madness in college basketball is a holiday. I think it's one of the most popular sports in the country. But, I mean, it always comes around this time, right? This is when everyone pays attention. Obviously, your general viewer was not paying attention to Furman Chattanooga in the SoCon Championship game on a neutral court. Is there a reason why you were paying attention? Because earlier you kind of hint. No? Oh, we don't want to? Okay, no. Yeah, I don't know if there was necessarily a reason. <laughs> you know what the reason was? I, I, I had checked the scores and saw that they were tied and there was two minutes left. So I'm like, you know what? I got to tune in, right? Good basketball. Let's pay attention. And I know that Chattanooga had not gotten into the dance yet. The only way they were getting in was if they won the game. Mm. So... 
They're down three, Chattanooga is, and they end up hitting a three-pointer to tie it and take it into overtime. So now there's life, right, for the city, for the team, for, for the organization. There was life. So th- right there was my reason to kind of stay tuned. Mm. And overtime was awesome. These teams were just it – it was a knockout dragout, blow for blow. So they hit the over then. Three for three. <laughs> they might have hit the over. <laughs> they might have hit the over. If I, don't, if I recall the number, yeah. I'm not sure what it was. I think they might have hit the over. It didn't matter to you, though, because you weren't really concerned about betting lines or anything. You were just more so concerned about the big dance. Yeah, you know, my fellow college athletes out there just, yeah. just getting it in. And so then it comes down to a crucial moment in overtime where there's 24 seconds left, and that's where I'll play the audio. But if you haven't seen this, listen up and then check it out, the visuals after, because, man, it is big-time stuff. So right now what I'm going to play, Chattanooga is down three points. This is where the audio starts. Boom. Smith kicks it out. Four seconds left. Chattanooga down two. Look at this on the one time They're going to let him play. Gene Baptiste with one. He's it for the win. Oh! Chattanooga! So, so that was like a 35-footer, right, for David Gene Baptiste. Yes. For Chattanooga. He, he, he nails it. That doesn't just win him a SoCon conference tournament. That brings him into... The big dance. That brings Chattanooga into the big dance. So there was 4.3 seconds left after Furman made a layup to go up two. So they're down two with four seconds yeah. left. They inbounds the ball, and they're putting heavy pressure on this kid. And this kid pulls up right in front of the half-court line. Doesn't even have eyes on the rim. Eyes on the net. Doesn't even see it. Pulls up. Nothing but net. The whole city, the whole squad, they're going into the big dance. Just more reason for people to pay attention to March Madness and what we got going on because it is madness. There it is. That's your college basketball update, Dean. Are you pumped now to watch some March Madness this this uh month? I am because I'm a fan of moments like that. No matter what sport it is, when you have moments like that where you have a guy who takes such a big chance and all the pressure's on him and he makes it and then everybody just erupts, you can't put a price tag on moments like that. Yeah. And it's unfortunate that most people in life don't get to experience moments like that because they're like afraid to take that chance. Yeah. That's so true. they live vicariously through these other guys. So it's always a great thing when you can watch it on TV, whether it's March Madness, football, whatever. But obviously, just listening to that audio clip, you could just hear how electrifying that was and how great it was in that place and how that kid must feel today after he knew he took that shot, not even looking at the rim, but he took that shot to put them in the big dance. He's a hero. Yeah, Dean, that's a really good point because it was actually senior night for Chattanooga's team. And I don't know if this kid's an NBA prospect or he has aspirations of playing at the next level, but like you said, this is a moment that he'll never forget and it's going to last forever. This was senior night, Division One basketball. You know, your dreams already come true, and now you're something you never thought was going to happen is happening, and it's all at your fingertips. So it's a really good point, man. This kid's a senior, and all of his dreams are just coming true right in front of him right there last night. Especially. Yeah, I, I almost feel bad for a lot of people because they never get moments like this. I mean, that's, a, that's obviously a big moment. But just in life, to have moments like that where it's like so much pressure and you excel and you can think about it and talk, tell your kids, and it's, wow, what a feeling that must be. I mean, Dean, you, you had to have experienced some of them. I mean, 
it, what is that like to not just be in that moment in a pressure pack moment? Because obviously on the other side of this, Furman is um, walking away from this moment, not so enthused, but to be on the winning side of it. So maybe we don't talk about the one where you ended up in the highlight reel for the Hall of Famer, but the ones where you were on the winning side of it, Dean, what is that like, especially as a former, you know, guy that slugged it out in the uh, octagon? Man, it's a great feeling. It's a feeling, like I said, you can't put a price tag on it. I've always said this, like getting your hand raised in a fight is something you can't put a price tag on. You can, cause you have to earn that 100%. Like you, if you have enough money, you could buy a car, you can buy a house, you can buy a boat, but to excel at something that you work so hard for just by the merit of your efforts and to succeed, it's the greatest feeling in the world. Yeah. And when you, when the stakes are higher, the feeling is even greater. It's got to be. And you speak of getting your hand raised at the end of a huge fight. Today marks the 51-year anniversary of maybe the greatest fight of all time, depending on who you ask, the fight of the century, Joe Frazier versus Muhammad Ali. For myself and Stone, I mean, 51 years ago, we weren't around. We weren't even thought of. Dean Thomas was ringside. <laughs> <laughs> What was it like when Joe Frazier's sweat dripped onto you, Dean, and you were reporting on this thing as the face of fight? What was that like, man? I was not ringside. Will you stop? No, but I mean, this is a big moment for boxing. It was definitely a big moment for boxing. But you know, the funny thing about it is I did talk to somebody who was there. Um, his name is Bert... Uh, What's his last name? Bert's last name. Whatever. Right. I'll think of it in a second. Is he friends with Ernie? Or is it? No. <laughs> okay, different Bert. Okay. Oh, Bert Watson. Okay. Bert Watson, he was he used to coordinate a lot of things for the UFC. But prior to that, he did a lot of boxing. He did a tremendous amount of boxing. And he worked the Frazier Ali fight. And I remember asking him, what was it like, you know, in them times when you're working these fights, these great moments? And he said, they didn't realize they were going to be great moments. They were just like a regular event. Mm. So that's the crazy thing about it is that as time passes, certain things just build a life of their own. And that was probably the instance in this fight. But you have to assume still that because of the consequences and the conditions that were going on in this fight, it was Ali's first fight back in three years. That There was a lot of attention on this fight. You know, you got two undefeated heavyweights. And, you know, so much, you know, all the beef with Ali talking, so on and so forth. Yeah. So you had to imagine that there was a lot of a lot of hype going into this fight and, and something other than just like, oh, it was just a regular fight. Now, one thing I didn't know as I look up some of the stuff on this fight, because, again, this fight happened March 8th, 1971, uh, out in Madison Square Garden, Joe Frazier versus Muhammad Ali, a fight that would shape many of fights to come afterwards, including their two rematches. Uh, Joe Frazier was 5'11 and a half. I did not know that. I did not know Joe Frazier wasn't even six foot. Ali standing at six three. He had the height advantage, the weight advantage, the reach advantage, and he lost this one. What's up with well, that? Yeah, I mean, you know, Joe Frazier was uh, the original Mike Tyson. Powerful, you know, powerful, short, stocky, and powerful. And when you know how to use that, you can use that to your advantage. And you get inside on taller guys, you actually have an advantage. Yeah, I, I just really did not realize that. I mean, if you, if uh, again, it's random trivia stuff coming out of this, the fight. 
or the fight of the century. But, I mean, yeah, five eleven and a half Would have never pegged Joe Frazier for a guy um, undersized there. But he pulled it out. Uh, for, for Muhammad Ali Frazier, you know, I think a lot of times people, especially, you know, younger people, just think of that as a heavyweight bout, something that people use to make comparisons of, like, okay, we're going to have Mahomes versus Allen in the NFL over the next 10 years. That's yeah. like the Ali Frazier of the NFL um, is that still, like, for you being in the fight community, does that get brought up any at all, like, around UFC major fights or anything? Like, when does those two names get elicited in the fight world nowadays? Or is that, like, taboo? You can't even do that because of how, you know, epic Frazier Ali was. No, nah, we know that that's an iconic fight. So we, that's always a fight that you could reference to in terms of iconic fight changing moments yeah and when i say fight changing moments i mean you know where the landscape of fighting is changed for the better so i think prior to that you know fighting was one thing but then after that fight it became something else it became bigger so um for sure we definitely can reference that fight for that you know it is the fight of the century so we can definitely reference that yeah, fight it comes up here and there um we want to keep everybody accountable. Dean, did you have a uh, New Year's resolution this year? I did. You did. Do you do you care to share? You know what? Actually save I it. I can share it. Say we'll, we'll save it for the other side. We're going to go to break. And what we're going to do is we're going to keep people accountable and also encourage people on this day. It's 3 months out from when people made their New Year's resolutions. Myself, Stone, yourself, we all had these goals in mind and I'm sure people that are riding around listening uh had goals as well. We're going to address hey a little bit more so of a motivational moment here on Ken Levick Alive coming out of the break, and we'll share what our New Year's resolutions are and how well we're doing with them because just like y'all, it, it might be getting a little shaky. But until we get back on that, you can call in, too, at 888-760-3776, 888-760-3776. We're still taking your calls on you just giving a shout-out to the woman in your life that is uh, just, just, just a rock star, just making things happen because it is International Women's Day. So make a call on that, 888-760-3776. Uh, and then we'll get back and talk some New Year's resolution, give you a little motivation going into March because it's not too late. If you, if you lost track, it's not too late to pick back up steam. This is Ken Levick Alive. We're live here on ESPN 106.3. From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. And we are presented by the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. Visit fau.edu slash MBA sport. It is International Women's Day. We got all of the tunes grooving. I can't wait till we get to that Kanye West song. I'm just going to allude to it. I won't say which one it is. We all know, but... There's a lot of grooves going as we come in and out of these breaks with Stone Labanowitz here pushing the buttons. We got Dean Thomas out in Vegas as he prepares Jillian Savage. Before, you know, also we got to make sure we emphasize she's a local product. She's a Treasure Coast native like yourself, Stone, and she's going to be fighting this Saturday for she's the UFC. Fort Pierce Westwood Panther, baby. Panther Pride. Panther Pride. Uh, Dean Thomas out there in Vegas and myself, Theo Dorsey, taking over for Ken Lavica here for Ken Lavica Live. Uh, we talked briefly about it um, before the break, but this is that time. March really is that time in the year where people start to look in the mirror and remember, oh, snap, I had a New Year's resolution. I started in January, and it's kind of gone away a little bit. It's starting to fade away at this point. You know where I notice it the most, and I don't want to be that guy, <laughs> but 
when you go to the gym, like I've just started going back to Planet Fitness type, you know, like a, a gym out, you know, actual gym. I used to go to my apartment gym and whatnot. Uh, then I bought a crib. Yeah, celebration. Now I don't have an apartment gym. So now I'm back at the public gyms and I, I, I'm seeing the numbers dwindle and it just reminded me. It almost was a me looking in the mirror moment where I was like, oh, snap. My New Year's resolution, I was supposed to be drinking a gallon of water every day. When's the last time you see me walk in the studio with a gallon? I, I, to be honest, I have not. You have not? Not once. <laughs> you haven't never seen me. I ain't do. never seen you with a gallon of water. First off, where's your bag of vegetables, Dean? I still got my bag, bag of vegetables. Uh, yeah, yeah. You're lucky you're in Vegas. So we can't test it. So th- that was my New Year's resolution, the gallon of water, which that re- – like, I'm going to take it as, you know what? Yes, I missed a few weeks. <laughs> I missed a few <laughs> I missed a month. <laughs> I missed a month or so. Of the two. But this is my moment here to retake, regain control of my life. It's not about what you did yesterday. It's not about what you did last hour. It's about the next play. It's about the next play. And that's all I'm doing is getting to that next play and going to give it my all. So I'm I'm refocusing and recentering myself here. And I'm going to get back on my gallon of water. Not today, Stone, because Stone's looking at me. He sees there's no water near me. He's pointing at air. He's, he's pointing <laughs> no. like where the gallon of water would Stone's be. Stone's looking for the gallon of water, and I'm like, don't yet. Yeah, stop looking for it. This is a cup of coffee right here. I'll get to the water. Uh, Dean, what was your New Year's resolution, um, and, and have you stuck to it here in March? Well, my New Year's resolution is not that simple. It's a little more complicated than what it's going to seem like. So, no, you haven't stuck to it. <laughs> Can I explain? I'm going to explain. The way you said it sounded like it, you were going to explain how you weren't able to keep it up. But, yeah, go, go ahead. Right. So, my New Year's resolution was to stop lying. <laughs> <laughs> so, no. So, no. So but no. then I realized it's not that I lie. I play too much. Mm. So, then... Now I'm conflicted on, do I stop playing? I can't stop playing. I mean, that's who you are. When you say you're playing, who I am. what do you mean by you're playing? Because are you playing like where we, you know, Stone's like, hey, uh, who took my $10 out of my wallet? And you're like, I don't know, man. And you walk off and you're like, ah, just kidding. And you took his $10. That's a lie. That's not just playing. So what do you mean by playing versus lying? Well, that's what I'm saying. It's, it's a kind of a blurred <laughs> line. Between playing and lying, you know, if I'm late for work, I'm like, "Yo, man, I got abducted by aliens." Yeah, that's a lie. But I'm just playing. Mm. That's a good way to kind of brush off your lies. I mean, it, yeah. it sounds just like Dean. It sounds like something that he's actually said before, as he showed up. I late. have. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so is the is the playbook then to lie, and if you get caught in that lie, you say, "I was just playing." See, that's where it gets complicated. Okay. So that's what I don't know how to <laughs> so navigate no, around no, those weird areas. <laughs> no answer for the gray area of the lies. Okay, so for Calvin Ridley, who just got um, booked and suspended for a year uh, for gambling on the NFL as an active NFL player for the Atlanta Falcons, and now he can't play football for the next season, uh, should he have just told the NFL and Roger Goodell, like, yo, come on, man. I was just playing. <laughs> yes, I would have. I was just playing. That's my go-to. <laughs> Yo, I, man, you know, I was just playing. Dean Thomas. Playing, I was just playing. We, we need to have you be the legal counsel for uh, Calvin Ridley because he's not doing himself any favors here on Twitter as he's tweeting through the pain. Uh, his last his last tweet was, if you know me, you know my character. It should have been, I, I was just playing. Yeah. It should have been. You know me. So if I was to represent him in court, I'd be like, your honor, 
Look at this man. You know he was just playing. Hey, you know what? You're right. This guy, he, he looks good. It's his lawyer it, it has a great point. He was just playing. He's out free. Matter of fact, he'll be yeah. playing week one. Dean, let me ask you, do you worry about your serious character? Do you feel like you don't have enough experience in like the field of being, you know, acting professional or bull or being serious? Like, do you ever be like, damn, like I'm supposed to be serious in these moments and I'm, I'm, I'm out here acting a fool. Do you worry I, about that character? I try sometimes. It's, it's weird because no matter where I'm at, I, I always like have these impulses to make a joke or say something stupid or it's just who I am, man. I don't have it in me to be serious all the time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and you kind of don't have to be. That's you're the, you're one of the joys of this ESPN West Palm office, man. That's why we like having you here. And that's why we usually keep you out there in Vegas and, and have you call in and talk to us because it's like, you know what? We want to hear your voice. He's really a joy, a joy to anybody who's met him though, or anybody who's gotten a chance to get to know him just a little bit. It's like, you know, that's that's how you know him, and yeah. never a bad feeling, never a bad thought. Actually, I don't like this. I don't like that we're praising Dean Thomas right here. What, what does this turn into? Did <laughs> yeah, yeah, move on, us? move on. Did I, Dean just I, trick I, us into complimenting him? <laughs> nah, I was just playing. Yeah, I was just uh, playing. See, you just playing. You play too much. I was just playing. Uh, yeah, he does. Okay, so there's, there's a little – we have to show ourselves sympathy. Stone, did you have a New Year's resolution that you want to get retracked, or maybe you're still doing well? Yeah, no, I definitely had one, and, and I mentioned it on Josh Cohen and the home team a couple weeks ago. And, with and, Dean Thomas and Tina? Yeah, with Dean Thomas and Tina, and it was that I, I eat too many calories throughout the day. So former college athlete, you know, I was always fed the right things, the proper things on, on a certain, you know, regimen. Like yeah, the meal plan. Yeah, always a meal plan, right, always being fed smoothies, always – Checking your weight every now, morning. Now, when you, you say you're being up. fed smoothies, does somebody like walk up to you with a smoothie and like hold it as you sip it? Or? I mean, kind of. Because you were the quarterback. Yeah, we would have like trainers and stuff bring them in. Uh, uh, okay, no, I'm. <laughs> it's never how it was. Okay, let me not say it. But but they, <laughs> but they always did have them at the table in our locker room, just straight up protein smoothies. Yeah. Like, and there was a list of guys who needed to, to drink them, and that's how it is. And it's even more exuberant at you know these bigger schools. So these kids are fed you know proper and, and all that kind of stuff. So as soon as I was done playing, I knew I was going to struggle. Yeah. Because I always wanted to just, just take down whole bags of chips and just eat like a, you know, a gavoon. And, and finally, once I was done playing, I was able to do that. And I haven't been able to slow down. So, I've, been, I've been home three and a half months, and I've put on you know, a little underneath 10 pounds already. Mm, so yeah. I wanted to lower my calorie count, and I haven't been able to do that. It, you know, the thing is, like, I, I don't see it changing anytime soon. So you're going to keep eating? I'm going to keep eating, baby. Well, okay. it, uh, Dean's got to put me on his vegetable diet, though. Other than that, no. I don't listen, know if I stop. you're young, and you should eat what you want like that. But you have to exercise. Oh, uh, you know, I'm very active. Uh, I'm still doing a lot right now, so yeah, I don't really worry in that department. Keep playing basketball. Go out there and play football. Run. Eat what you want, but you can still do all the other stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, so what you're saying is he should break his his New Year's resolution. Are we are we doing away with Stone's New Year's resolution? For sure. Okay. He should have never had that stupid resolution in the first place. Ah, you are free, Stone LeBanovich. <laughs> you are free. Uh, anybody listening who has a New Year's resolution that wants to keep going with it, maybe you just call up Dean and get his advice. He might tell you, you know what, scrap it. Uh, Dean's gonna keep eating his bags of vegetables, which isn't even a New Year's resolution. But you said I, I heard back on a, on the home team. Uh, I think it was a couple weeks ago. So you're doing that because you, you walked past the mirror one time and you saw a little bit too much Dean? Or what What was it? Oh, man, I just – I see a little bit too much me all the time. 
sometimes I see the shadow of my I'm like, man, who is that? Whose shadow is that? Yeah, I'm so I gotta and I'm not as young as Stone. So I got bad knees and you know, I'm a, I'm afflicted. So yeah. I gotta eat right. I, I, I get it. I look, I'll be honest too. I, I put on about 10, 15 or so in the past. Like, so I'm trying to, everybody trying to get right around here in the studios in the New Year's. I think for me, the water though, I just like feeling hydrated. Like, I just love the feeling of like water going through my body. You'd be good. You'd be very surprised if you Googled what water does and drinking a gallon a day does to your body and all the benefits it has. You'd be surprised. There is a lot. Well, I wouldn't like be surprised because I already Googled it, but. But you you'll be surprised, then you need to Google that. You need to look and see what that water does for you, man. It 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 hydrates you, it makes you less thirsty, it also makes you not want to drink any more water because you're you're drinking the water. I mean, those are three things I just listed out. What you got? Yeah, I, listen, I hate drinking water, so What's there's that? water in coffee, so I'm good with that. To, to your point, you did say water curbs cravings. It does. You know, it does take it away. It balances your fluids. Hydration boosts physical performance, which a lot of us need, improves your skin, and provides an energy boost. I like that. All of those things, good things. Keep drinking water. Uh, so we'll have sympathy for ourselves on that. Now, I do want to turn the tables back to sports here and talk about some sympathy that I think fans need to start showing more, or at least we'll have that discussion. See, I believe... Sometimes we do do go a little too far as fans and even as as people in the media on these sports talk shows as we berate athletes um, at like Stone yourself. You I mean you were just playing college football last year? People can be a little harsh from the stands, a little harsh from behind the mics. Um, Russell Westbrook has gotten the brunt end of this over the past year, and he's gotten it really for a lot of his career, dating back to his days in Oklahoma City when he people thought he should shoot less and give the ball to KD more his days in Houston, his days now in L.A., where people are pointing to him as the reason why the Lakers are unsuccessful right now. The, le- the reason why the Lakers are really projected to not even make the play-in tournament because Russell Westbrook has been shooting bad. One of the terms that has come out of it, because, you know, just like at a, as adults, we're similar to how we were as kids, and we like, you know, things that sound similar, phonetics, whatever, and his last name is Westbrook. He admittedly puts up a lot of bricks. People have been calling him Russell Westbrook. Um, it sounds fun, funny. Everybody's having a good time with it. But what people don't realize is what that might do to not only a guy, but his whole family, whose last name is Westbrook. He addressed that after last night's, again, Lakers loss against the Spurs. Stone, cue up the sound of Westbrook telling people why they should maybe have a little more sympathy towards him and his family. Um, it really kind of hit me the other day. Honestly, I was uh, me and my wife was at... Um teacher parent conference for my son um and the teacher told me she's like uh, noah he's so proud of his last name he writes it everywhere he writes it on everything he he tells everybody walks around and says i'm westbrook westbrook that's his last name and it kind of i kind of sat there in shock and it hit me like damn like i can no longer allow people um you know for example westbrook to me is now shaming like it's shaming my name is my legacy for my kids um it's a name that means more not just to me but to my wife to my mom my dad are the ones um that kind of paved the way for me and and that's just one example i mean that kind of hit myself and my wife in a a place where um it's not great man and and you know i think a lot of a lot of times you know i let it slide but it's now trying to put a stop to to that and put it on notice like 
there's a difference, and I, we need to make sure that it's understood. And every time I do hear it now, I will make sure that I address it and uh, make sure that I nip that in the butt. So in that game against the Spurs, he did address a, cr- a fan in the crowd and said, you know, don't talk down on my name. And you can tell a lot of times when people, especially when they give anecdotal thoughts about what happened with their family, it's something that isn't just about his son in school. That has to be something that also bothers him. I, I know he said that he didn't really care about it, but it has to be something that also bothers him. My thing here is, should is it, a, is it over the line? Is it over the line for fans and media members to make plays on guys' names like Russell Westbrook, say Westbrook, and does he have kind of a point here where he should be defending his last name, his family's honor, and something for his child? I would say, personally, he kind of has a point. After he No, he up, doesn't have a point. I would say, well, I, I get you, Dean, but for me, I would say he has a point as in he can be, he can show some fortitude in that and defend his family name and defend his last name. I don't know if it's going to stop anybody, but I feel the guy. Be a little bit more respectful. Dean, why do you say he doesn't have a point? No, come on, man. This is a guy who gets paid to play a child's game. He plays he, – what does he make a year? He makes around – $20 million? Oh, no. It's, it's, it's upwards of $40 million. He makes $40 million a year. Let's, let me pull up – He's shooting bricks, and he's mad because people are calling him Westbrook. In fact, that's very clever. It, so that's – I think that's great that they call him. Listen, if you don't want to be called Russell Westbrook, shoot better. Or stop shooting. That's a good point. Play better. What yeah. I will say, I don't think money should determine what people are able to do to you. Uh, at a Because yeah, but- that's the same fan mentality of I paid a lot of money for these seats so I get to be as disrespectful as possible. It's a, it's a but, weird line. But here's the thing, though. There's a, the, you can say, for me, you can make fun of his name because let's say he was shooting good and they gave him a different name that gave him some honor or some more value. Yeah. He wouldn't, he wouldn't mind that. So you gotta, it's gotta go both ways. If you playing bad and they give you a bad name, you gotta take it. Okay. Because so if you playing good and you get, they give you a good name, you you damn sure gonna take that. Yeah. No. But that's I, not disrespectful. I I but, hear your side completely, Dean. I just think that what we don't realize as fans most of the time is that we can affect a person's play. And you see kids go crazy behind the free throw line trying to, you know, try to make them miss the free throws and stuff. And that's just the tiniest one. But at this point, the way he's playing this year. It almost seems like he's having an out-of-body experience when he's out it's there. It's been the terrible. It, it, it has been some of the worst stuff we've ever seen. Statistically, it's the worst shooting percentage season of his career. Like, he is going through serious, serious struggles. So, I can just but that imagine. That is the object of athleticism. That is part of the game. Yeah, and, and that is I, the oh, mental man. aspect of the game. And I think he comes through this, to be honest with you. Yeah, yeah. He just needs to come through it. He needs to not focus on it, get back to playing the game that he likes to play. But and just ignore all that nonsense. So you have a problem with Westbrook addressing the fan and then also addressing it in, in the press conference afterwards, right? Is that what you're saying, Dean? Or you no, just, not are you... necessarily that. I think he just needs to ignore it and get back to playing his game. But here's what I do think. When fans are in the stands and are disrespectful and yelling things and throwing things, I believe the security should step in, grab that guy, right? Bring him down to the floor, and then let the basketball player beat him up. <laughs> let the, the, how did it even get there? How I did thought, we let this? It was there slow is no ch- there is no midway for me. Okay, it's all or nothing. 
Okay, so an all-or-nothing deal just went down in the NFL. We have breaking news from Adam Schefter. We're about to go to break here, but we'll tease it here. Russell Wilson is on the move, a blockbuster deal. They've agreed, the Seattle Seahawks and the Denver Broncos. Russell Wilson heading to Denver, and the trade is pending a physical and Wilson's approval. That according to Adam Schefter of ESPN. We're going to discuss that and the ramifications. I mean, the NFL machine just keeps on churning. They're trying to distract us from the fact that Calvin Ridley was betting on NFL games last year, and he's suspended. But we'll be right back here on Ken Levick Alive on ESPN 106.3. From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken Levick Alive on ESPN 106.3. Shout out all the ladies out there, all the ladies on International Women's Day. Kanye West, this is one of the best tracks um, he put out. And if you haven't watched Genius on Netflix yet, uh, me and Stone were just raving about it before we queued up the show here. Genius on Netflix might be one of the best things I think Netflix has produced. Um I mean, am I am I going out on a limb there, Stone? You're not going out on a limb. I thought, as far as my life, the the most intense and, and awesome documentary I've ever seen was The Last Dance with Michael Jordan. That was big. And I'm a sports guy, obviously. But this one, genius, Kanye West, yeah. is at number one, and it pushed The Last Dance down to two. It is some crazy stuff and puts a lot into perspective that people are not aware of. It's some great stuff. And they asked, in, in the last episode, he actually sung this song uh, with his mom in there. Dean Thomas out in Vegas, myself, Theo Dorsey here in studio, Stone LeBanowitz, with me and Russell Wilson maybe going to Denver we just broke it or Adam Schefter broke it and we told you about it after weeks of negotiations apparently the Seahawks and the Denver Broncos have agreed to terms for a deal involving Super Bowl winning quarterback Russell Wilson that would mean Wilson leaving Seattle and being Danger Russ out in Denver that would mean Patrick Mahomes Justin Herbert Russell Wilson and Derek Carr all in the AFC West in one division Dean Thomas have you ever heard of a better collection of quarterbacks in one division? I mean, come on, that's talent. Of course I have. <laughs> I know. Warren Moon. Okay. Randall Cunningham. Yeah. Doug Williams. These are black guys. And um one more. Come on, come on. Michael Vick. They were all in the same division. <laughs> I mean, I guess so. What division <laughs> was that? Was that like the Brothers Alliance of of uh Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, I think this uh, group of this foursome of Herbert Mahomes, um, now Russell Wilson pending his approval, and Derek Carr might rival it, but obviously having guys from different generations, you know, that's pretty tough to argue with. Uh, this, I believe, and I was just telling Stone this during the break, and Dean, Dean, I don't know if you heard. I think the NFL is is trying to pull one over on us. They dropped the Calvin Ridley news. This was going to be one of the biggest storylines. I mean, for days that a, an active NFL player was betting on games, and he's now suspended for a season, and a good one at that, a guy that's like a Pro Bowl-level receiver. We find out about that yesterday after all the shows are pretty much done, and now, right before our show starts, Aaron Rodgers is staying with the Packers. Right as our show's ending, Russell Wilson's going to Denver. Dean, what are they pulling a fast one on me, man? What's up with this? I don't know, man, but think about it. They, they can't be really trying to pull a fast one. I mean, these are major deals. They just happen to be coincidentally around the same time this dude was betting on football. So they got Dean. They tricked Dean. They tricked Dean. So <laughs> Dean is already – they pulled the wool over your eyes, Dean. But me and Stone, we woke, <laughs> we woke man. Like Kobe say uh, – I guess we, Kobe Covington wouldn't like us because we woke. 
We got our yeah, eyes wide open. Spineless, woke cowards. <laughs> NFL trying to pull a fast one on us. I mean, come on. What is the they, – they, they announced the Calvin Ridley stuff yesterday, a day before franchise tag day, a day before the Aaron Rodgers decision and the Russell Wilson trade gets announced, which has apparently been in the works for two weeks. You can't tell me the league offices didn't know all of this news was going to break today and take over these headlines, so we can't talk about Calvin Ridley getting fired on his day off. Like, I think that's what happened. I mean, I, I think there's some truth to it. I think, you know, their job, half of their job is damage control yeah. and, you know, pointing things in certain directions. I, I do think that, I do think Calvin really wins some sort of appeal. I don't think it's going to be a year suspension. I can see him coming back in, like, a week 10 range. Wow. I think they dumb this down. I think there's so much brought to the forefront of why it's not that crazy that, you know, this guy was doing this. So I, that's just my personal opinion. So you but think I, he's a pioneer for betters? I, <laughs> <laughs> you think he's like... He's like the Rosa Park of betting, like Brian Flores was the Rosa Parks. <laughs> Calvin Ridley is the Rosa Parks of sports gambling. All right, well, we're gonna find out here soon, right? We'll we'll see. Uh, <laughs> Dean, I don't <laughs> I don't even know how to transition out of that as we have our last couple of moments here on Kinlevic Alive. But uh, yeah, Calvin Ridley, I guess he has a new uh, purpose in life. I don't know, man. I think he's what we call food for the dragon. You yeah. know, he's expendable in the sense that they're just going to use him as preventive measures to keep guys from betting. So he's going to keep that suspension. Yeah. In fact, they might give more. If he tries to appeal, they'd be like, you know what? Shut up. You get five <laughs> years. <laughs> All right. NFL Commissioner Dean Thomas there throwing the hammer down. Judge, jury, and uh, executioner there. Yeah, so we'll see what happens with the Calvin Ridley stuff. The bigger news, obviously, though, because the NFL didn't want us talking about players betting while they're actively in the league. Aaron Rodgers staying put. Russell Wilson potentially on the move. I mean, come on. Oh, wait, what, what you got, Stone? I got the Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, give me some Aaron Rodgers, man, because oh yeah, I forgot, we didn't even get to use it. Aaron Rodgers is going to walk into Lambeau Field. Before we get off the air, I have to play this. He's walking into Lambeau Field, and when he sees Jordan Love, when he sees all the players in the Packers locker room, guess what he's doing? Hide the money, y'all. There's poor people around. <laughs> 200 million. 200 million. He's walking into the Packers. Dean, thank you so much from Davis. Stone, thank you from here inside. This has been Ken Levicka live on ESPN 106.3. When you see a woman today, tell them happy International Women's Day. Have a good one.